things in my own hands and mess up that. So here I am saying, this is me. This is me in my entirety. Today's Holistically Speaking episode is about your girl, your well woman, practitioner Lashanna Moore, aka Lashanna, aka Shan. I'm talking to you today about my personal journey. This is my story, my personal story of leaving the hyper health industry. Why? And I want to share with you to encourage you to relate with you and to give you some things to think about and to meditate on as we do what journey in this life to being well and being whole. But I know this is going to touch you. So tune in wellness tea, check comfy C check subscribe, check, check, share with a friend. Hey everybody, hey everybody, hey, it is your well woman. There I am, hey everybody, it's your well woman practitioner Lashanna Moore of Holistically Well Center and this is a podcast episode provided by the one and the only Holistically Speaking where everything that I share, give, inspire, and educate and motivate you on is about being well and being whole. And so today is my story. Today I'm sharing my story with you. I'm talking with you about uh, where I am in this, not even a pivot, in this restructuring. I've been in one for quite a few years. And if you've been following, especially from the beginning, you've definitely seen the transitions and the progressions um, throughout the years. But I'm talking to you specifically about my journey and my journey out of actually actually the fitness industry. Not saying that I won't do anything fitness wise moving forward, but I want to share with you my uh, exiting out of the fitness industry. I know this is what I know to be true in this episode. I know that this is going to encourage many of you. It's going to speak to many of you. um, And As you move forward in listening and enjoying the things that I share, whether it's through demo, social media, me being booked uh, to speak somewhere, I know that these things are going to um, provide much more education and insight moving forward. Um, As we do that, as we prepare for that, of course, I do have to share with you the disclaimer. So let's go ahead and add that to the screen. Information shared on these episodes are the beliefs and opinions of my own. Uh, I am the host. And of course, if there are guests, health topics are not designed to treat or cure medical issues. Consult your physician. And then lastly, any spiritual episodes that are shared are from the foundation of my Christian faith. Here's the other thing. You're going to have a wonderful naturesque background today. That's going to be the soundtrack of this episode because I'm outside. I am in my lovely backyard. The sun is starting to set and this is what I've been waiting for because after this episode, I'm going to take my sunset walk and I'm here in Texas. So there is a lot of ozone uh, danger here. We are in excruciatingly um, critical and dangerous heat. A A lot of it, of course, is due to climate control 
uh, global warming. If you listen to the previous podcast or maybe a few podcasts ago when I was talking about it's getting hotter. So I don't even attempt to do anything outdoors, honestly. And sunset walks were usually like my mental health decompress after a long day and just something that was my thing, my routine, my love, uh, my time to be quiet and to meditate. So anyway, long story short, I'm going to be doing that once I complete this. I do want you to um, provide your feedback. And as always, with respect, I uh, encourage your thoughts, your opinions, your ideas. They do not have to be the same as my own as long as you are respectful in the way that you deliver it. Um, And then you know me, I had to uh, make some notes just so that I kind of stay on some type of track. So I also created a video. So for those of you who are listening, listen, 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 Linda. You're not going to just be able to listen to this podcast, you've got to go to The Well Life TV. We're here, we're out here, Well Life TV on YouTube so you can see this video. So I'm going to put you on pause uh, with a commercial. I'm going to show The Well Life TV this video. This video is just uh, an excerpt that I want to share with you of the work that I have done over the last... 13 and a half years, 2024 will put me at 14 years. And I am so grateful, so thankful for it. So Well Life TV audio, hold tight. I'll be right back. So yeah, very thankful for the work that I have done. Um, Speaking is a large part of what I'm doing now, as well as bringing health and wellness into performing arts and cinematic space and, and into multimedia is the bulk of what I'm doing. And then also picking up a new aspect of geriatric care uh, with seniors because they have always been a passion of mine and providing concierge services for them in a lot of the independent uh, communities and um, rehabilitation centers. So that's a big part of what I'm doing now. So I started as a result of an unexpected situation. You've I mean, some of you have heard this story before. Um, I was full-time performing arts. I had my own dance studio, which ultimately we moved into a bigger space, um, which then became a conservatory where I offered all of the performing arts for instruction, competition, and performance. Um, And so uh, myself as a performer, touring and traveling, preparing at this point for a Canadian tour. I had already been there once and was getting ready to return and we were gonna do a full Canada tour. And so I hired a a personal trainer because I wanted to make sure my body was in optimal health and I didn't ask any questions. Many times you don't, this was a lesson of mine. Something that I want you to remember is to always ask questions. I don't care how the person looks. Uh Uh-oh, okay, I thought we froze. I don't care how the person looks, always ask your questions. You wanna know what their certifications are? Here's a teaching moment. You wanna know what their certifications are, you want to know what their uh, philosophy is, and then you wanna see how they help you prepare for training with them or for working with them. It should not just be um, meet me at this day and time. I'm putting my light on. It shouldn't just be meet me at this day and time. If they are really, really good at what they do, they're going to prepare you. And so I didn't get any of that. Didn't know 
to even ask the questions. But at any rate, after a few months, one day, guy wanted to put me on something different, misfacilitated it because he was mimicking something else that he saw an athlete and their coach doing, a, a whole professional athlete, okay? <laughs> As a result of that, ruptured my left Achilles tendon and rehab, surgery, um, physical therapy, all of that. So the guy that ended up being my mentor was watching my progress in the gym because I still had to teach. I, I sat in a chair with my boot and my crutches and I taught dance. Now, when I was able to maneuver a little bit, still never got the full flexibility in that um, Achilles tendon. Never fully recovered that. And some of you may be asking, well, why you didn't sue the guy, whatever. And I attempted. But the deeper my attorney dug, the more he saw that it would be years before I was able to collect anything from this guy because he didn't have any money. And a lot of times trainers, uh, some trainers, I'm not going to say all trainers, a lot of times some trainers uh, don't have money unless they have variables like, social media followings or they're selling something or they're promoting something. It takes a lot for a trainer to also be a business person. Again, that's not for all of them, but I'm speaking to you with 13 and a half years of experience with a mentor and a trainer who had over 30 years of experience of whose mentorship and lessons I still use and can agree with today. So I was blessed for that. I'm thankful Gerald Sias, Body by G, will always be grateful uh, to his tutelage and his mentorship for training me accurately. And that was one reason why I knew how to help others. However, that's how I switched. I had to switch. I was praying and asking God, okay, where do I go from here? I'm not able to dance like I once did. And um, it affected my body. It affected my flexibility. I had to learn how to walk and use this left leg and so on and so forth. So God told me, he said, be patient. Don't fret. I have a silver lining. I didn't know what that was at the time. And then when my um, soon-to-be mentor approached me as he was watching the way that I was resilient in my teaching the arts and I just started I had started doing simple things like walking very slowly on the treadmill he said my discipline demonstrated that maybe I should consider doing more and so <clears throat> once I was able to progress just time you know fast forwarding the time um, I went back to school let me say there are certain things in life that you don't necessarily have to go back to school for for me when you're dealing with people you're dealing with their bodies and their vulnerability I'm going to need to have some paper. I'm going to need to have some professional education in addition to the mentorship and the shadowing that I was able to do. So I went back to school for everything that I'm doing now. In this field, I absolutely believe that you should. Not saying that it doesn't make you great if you don't go, but I understand firsthand what it is for a person to put their vulnerability and their trust in you and you to jack it up first-hand experience right here. So I've never taken for granted women and men's and children's trust in me. Long story, longer story short, from fitness into nutrition, moving to LA years down the line, um, going into holistic health, um, and then herbalism, and then ultimately endocannabinoid um, 
teaching, learning about the endocannabinoid system. And so all of those things have brought me to where I am today and have made my work what it is today. And the calling that I know God has called me to in this space, being who I am, believing what I believe and teaching the way that I teach is why you see me and and, and the reason that I continue to allow restructuring to happen. Also, because I am a person that understands that I remain a student of this work, that humility is incumbent for me, that progress in my knowledge and in my relatability is important and truth and honesty is paramount because this is an industry where people can sell you anything and whereas we would once say it was just the conventional world no more. It's all about what the wellness industry is gaining from people who are desperate or who don't know or who are looking to make a change or who are ascribing to look like somebody that um, they admire, their body and all this kind of stuff that you see. Um, so I'm grateful for it. Uh, I'm grateful to continue to do this work <clears throat> and just to be in an honest space as the need for me um, arises. So what started happening with me gradually around 2015, 2016 is that I started to get burned out. It's really, uh, I started to get burned out in training and in being in the gym space. My second disclaimer is that I've worked in some good places. I've been affiliated and partnered with some great people, some great gyms, some great gym owners. I've had some not so great experiences in my earlier years and I've had some really good experiences. So uh, none of what I'm, sh I'm sharing with you is a personal attack on anybody or any establishment. Good and bad, eras and triumphs are everywhere you go and it is a part of your success and failure story. It's just a part of it for whatever that whatever you do. So this is not personal. I've had some great, good, not so good experiences, but I've worked some with some really good people. In general, overall, everything, everywhere, I will say I started to feel very discouraged and burdened by what I saw. Uh, what I saw women trying to do, what I saw some um, novice or unprofessional or unlearned trainers teaching their clients, not just men, but women as well. The desire to look a certain way at all costs, the teaching, uh, the manipulation of some, the comparison um, used as a motivational tool. And I do not believe that you should compare to motivate a client. If you've got to resort to comparing them to something or someone in order to motivate them, then your ability to teach, lead, and change is very limited and very linear. Um, shame should never be a part of getting you to do what you need to do or getting what you desire to do. So I'm going to say that again. Shame should never be a part, whether it's your body, whether it's food, whether it's habit, whether it's addiction. Shame will just lead to more shame. Shame will lead to more addiction. Shame will lead to more unhealthy living. Um, fighting with an eyelash again. I tend to do that. 
because I'm not a big makeup person. So when I put these lashes on, <laughs> we fight, we box. But at any rate, <clears throat> shame should never be a part of your journey to be well and be whole. So I started to get frustrated with what I saw. I know that my clients loved me because I'm in tune. I was in tune with them. I understood their bodies. I took the time to understand the way that their mind works. I took the time to understand how they felt about themselves so that I could be mindful in my wording, my teaching style with them. And so it was a very sad day when my uh, retirement as a trainer came um, because I knew that that would be missing in the space of personal training and group training and even boot camp. So there's a fine line in being pushed because all of you have different personalities. Some of you like that push, like that hard drive, like that go home, uh, go hard or go home analogy, like you you like the, the you only got this moment this time this life this second what are you going to do with it are you going to be lazy somebody else has no legs and they wish they could do what you could do you know that that type of pseudo motivation it's not sustainable it doesn't last it may get you to your goal for the moment but if you stop and think about it how has that format or that style sustained you to maintain your goal. Here's the other thing about goals since I'm there. Um, you've got to look and see what goals are sustainable. Do you want to just push your body and see how far your body can go? Uh, how low in body fat um, you can attain or you can drop? Uh, how much muscle you can build? While I'm saying this, I want to make sure that you understand that I do believe that fitness, working out, training, exercising, eating well and whole is definitely necessary. But the unhealthy parts of what I see in this industry and with, I believe, too, the natural um, restructuring to enter into a teaching space, that is... Um, where I knew it was time for me to focus. I made a commitment to remain connected to my ladies and even to try to refer them to other trainers. And I will say that it was hard. Now, there are lots of them that have thousands of followings on social media that I, I would not trust my dog with. May Prince rest in peace. Uh, my worst enemy with. It, the numbers and the look and the effect and the, um, the pomp and circumstance and the show and show and tell and the paparazzi that you see on social media or even, you know, going to a session and being really pumped because you felt good, I wouldn't recommend many of them. And so I entered into this space, teaching, consulting, um, maybe doing some training videos and things like that. But that is ultimately the reason why I decided to leave. I got burned out and I was disheartened and burdened about what I saw, the styles, the techniques, the manipulations, the fads, and nothing was sustainable. It even made me, being in this space now, made me think about how was I at the beginning of Body Fierce's journey? I named Body Fierce, Body Fierce, not because it was um, about being snatched and fine, although we love that, there she is. Uh, <clears throat> that's Body Fierce Wellness Tour logo, but um, I named her Body Fierce because of what I had been through. Because I was fierce in my body 
from what my body had endured. I was fierce in my mind. I was fierce in my outlook. And so even today, when I think about all the things that I've been through, this body has been through, she's still fierce. If you've been a part of the Body Fierce family, uh, or if you're just hearing about the Body Fierce for the first Body Fierce for the first time, that's what makes you fierce. What you've endured, what you've gone through, what you've progressed through, what you've matured through, what you've improved, the pivots that you've made, and so a lot of things I don't uh, do anymore. The excessiveness. I do believe that we should always push because, especially as we age, uh, training is something that we need to maintain. It's something that we need to keep a part of our lifestyle. There was a podcast episode that I did probably a year ago under the same um, sense of urgency that led me to do this one right here. And it was talking about the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. And it was also talking about things that women are not free to discuss when it comes to workouts and the burden and the mentality and the psyche of working out and where you get stuck and not really free to express that you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling defeated, you're comparing yourself, you're not seeing results, um, you're, you're afraid that your trainer or your coach is disappointed in you, your body is going through something that you cannot describe and it's evident that your trainer doesn't know either because um, they only know what they know, which means that they're not required. The, the regular standard of personal training is not required to teach you about hormone health um, or nutrition. That's a separate concentration and certification process. Um, it doesn't teach you about having the personality or the sensitivity or the capability to teach or to adjust based on who you're working with. I've seen trainers who are used to build, who are working with bodybuilders try to teach senior citizens. And it's a train wreck because it's not about how much you can do in 60 minutes. It may just be about giving them some joy. It may be about helping them do, accomplish one or two tasks. And 60 minutes may be too long. So, you know, school doesn't necessarily teach you those things. And I, I just, I saw a lot of, uh, of, of professionals failing people at that. So in not giving up in this space, but definitely, uh, as we like to say these days, pivoting, I want to share some things with you um, that will encourage you and, and um, give you longevity because this is not a sprint. It's not even a marathon. It's just a journey. <laughs> I don't want to give it I don't want to give it a distinction. This is your life. All right? And it is important. Listen and hear me well. We're 17 minutes or if you're listening, 24 minutes if you're watching into this podcast. So hear me and hear me well. It is important that you see your life in well-being, being well inside, which will affect the outside as a life journey. Spend your youth giving all of your energy to it. Spend your youth and your younger years accomplishing miniature goals of what can I, um, how can I get my body into an optimal state. 
but be mindful of the process of the journey. <clears throat> there are a lot of tricks. I'm getting ready to segue into this. There are a lot of tricks now that um, addiction and unhealthy habits hide under. There are tricky traps under the guise of wellness. Y'all want me to do some typing here? I think I will. There's, uh, there's some tricky traps. And I want to alert you to some of them. And this is probably where I will get the pushback. This is probably where you will say, well, no, that's not true because this is working for me and this is what I've seen and my friend and I did this and that. I get it and I understand that. Let me share with you that the body is going to change when it is approached with or introduced to anything new, anything different. The body will respond. Doesn't make it sustainable. It may be your introduction to change. It may be your reboot. It may be your encouragement to start doing something, but it doesn't necessarily prove to be a sustainable thing. For example, a lot of the wellness um, movements now, um, and I'll say these things with no intention of being negative or critiquing anyone's work, because um, God has been good to me. I don't have to, and I don't believe in putting anything or anyone else down for an elevation or to exalt or even to prove a point. Nah, not necessary. But I've seen some organizations under the guise of wellness um, building nutrition platforms that are just another science, uh, psychological way of getting you into dieting. And I won't name names. I'm just, if, if I felt a release to, I would. I don't. I feel a caution, so I will not. You can think of them yourself. Um, and then you've got the popular ones. So I'll definitely mention popular. We've got Whole30, Mediterranean. Um, we've got, we had Atkins back in the day. I don't know how popular Atkins is now. We've got uh, intermittent fasting. We have um, keto. We have a lot low-carb high protein, low fat, high fat, all of these varieties of uh, nutrition styles that if you stay on them long enough, a few things will happen. You will plateau um, or you will start to go back into a slump or the old mindset once the dopamine has, has worn off will return. Or you'll have a life encounter, which is going to happen as long as we're living. And what you're doing may not be sustainable for that season. Well, most of it is not necessarily necessarily sustainable because it's, it goes against the body's physiology to need certain vitamins and certain minerals, certain uh, nutrients, your macro and your micro nutrients. One thing that I have discovered is how the body works when it is in need, how the body works physiologically, how the body works with minerals and antioxidants and phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals, uh, how the body works under stress, which a lot of workout styles and a lot of nutritions uh, submit the body to uh, a certain level of stress that may not be sustainable. I've worked with um, competitors 
particularly women who after they come off of a competition or X amount of competitions, their body is so out of whack, uh, out of alignment with itself. Um, periods have changed or periods have stopped. Um, hormones have, have altered. Moods and the lack of concentration and sleep have altered. And so this is what I'm talking about when I say sustainability. Things that you may use as an effort to start your wellness program or your, your lifestyle change. All right, so be it. But based on how that thing is taught and based on what it teaches you that you gotta have in order to continue in success and, and achieving results, and in how well that thing can carry you through, whether you're at home or whether you're traveling, whether you've got joy or whether you're suffering from a depressive episode or under anxiety. These are the demarcations that I teach women now to look at when they are on a journey of being well and being whole. How to really identify when your body is in a healthy state. Not to mention what we as a society <laughs> try to qualify what health and being fit should look like. So if you haven't gone to look at uh, my episode or listen to my episode on being overweight and healthy, is it possible? Go and listen to it. Now, I'm not going to one extreme or another. So that's why I want you to listen to it. I want you, I'm going to give you the responsibility to go and listen to it or to go and watch it so that you can be in alignment with what I'm saying here. I want you to take, that, take on that responsibility for your well-being and your journey. So I'm not, I'm not teaching uh, to one extreme or to the other. I want us to find a median and a balance in doing things. These are the reflections that you see and hear in the way that I teach now. Anything that you've heard me talk about. Another reason in real time I am excited about my upcoming retreat is that I'm going to share um, on an even more intimate level um, how to move forward living well and living whole. And then I'm so excited. We've got a, a soul food food bar. And um, the one thing about uh, holistic eating is removing the stigma and the shame in enjoying certain things. So when I started my transition and allowing myself, there, it was a, a psychological shift. Sometimes it's still a psychological shift for me. Reminding myself that my... Eating consists of proteins, macronutrients, protein, fats, <clears throat> carbs, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, fruits, um, vegetables, but that I can also every now and then enjoy my sweets. So when this is what happens, I'm going to tell you, if you haven't already experienced it because you've been making a transition in your mindset, uh, it's like a kid off of punishment. You go in and you go hard. And you enjoy stuff that uh, restriction has not allowed you to enjoy. You go in, you go hard, you indulge, and you may take on more than you plan to. And then following that comes guilt. 
cue guilt. Guilt is going to come in. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I've got to go cleanse. I've got to go detox. I've got to go work out. I've got to go fast. I've got to start my intermittent fasting, which is a danger zone for people who are already prone to addiction because you, you can hide unhealthy thinking and doing under intermittent fasting. It is a, for many people, becomes a sophisticated way of starving yourself. If you are honest, some of you who need to hear this, honest and truthful with it, then you know that what I'm saying is real. So you go hard and you enjoy some stuff and then guilt comes and then you try to repent by going to the gym. You've heard people talk about it, so I'm enjoy this today. It may be your professional person, maybe your social media person, maybe your influencer who's teaching you something that they need to learn to release. I'm going to go and get in the sauna. I'm going to go and work out. I, I got to go repent of my body by doing X, Y, and Z. And no, you don't. No, you don't. What has happened is for so long, you've been under restriction. Your body is doing what it has been wanting to do. It is craving sugar. It's craving um, certain processed foods or what we call processed foods. That'll be another episode. It's craving things that it has been um, deprived of. I'm not saying you should go ham on this stuff, but I am saying that as you are journeying out of unhealthy thinking and you start trying to allow yourself to have a little bit more liberty because you want to find balance and, and real homeostasis, which is a center of balance and peace and stability and centering, you go overboard. I did too. I was enjoying all the things, stuff I hadn't had in a long time. So naturally, what's going to happen, you all? You're going to start getting a little extra weight. You're going to start getting some extra fat. You're going to start, um, you know, seeing a little bit more weight on the body. Here is the fine line with that. I want to look in the camera while I say this. Here is the fine line. We have normalized abnormal fitness. Most of you will not walk around with a body that has only 5% body fat. Most of you are not going to walk around with a six pack or even a four pack. You can achieve a flatter stomach. You can achieve having more muscle than fat, which is great for your cardiovascular health. It is, it is, it is. But what is not normal is that you're gonna walk around your entire life in a body that's carrying less than 10% body fat. There is a balance. There is a balance, say it one more time. There is a balance. And because so much of what we're surrounded by and so much of what you have done, and it makes you feel good. Because you got all this dopamine released and these pe people are, are complimenting and you're feeling good. You should feel good about yourself and you should have goals and you should want to look a certain way for yourself. Trust me, you should. I get that. But fine. What other words so that I'm not repeating myself? Fine your... Um, Find your borderline mentally with how you see 
what you're doing. And that takes a lot of repetition of being honest with yourself. You've got to know the triggers. You've got to find um, figure out what pushes you. You, you want to get to the honest reasons of why you do what you do. And then you've got to ask yourself, are these things sustainable? And sometimes in the moment, you don't know if those things are sustainable. But life, age, time, and maturing will begin to show you if it's sustainable or not. And once you are discovering that those things are changing or plateauing, then you, go into, you can go into anxiety or depression or desperation. Are feeling overwhelmed then we start searching for the more dramatic alternatives and you don't have to so you're gonna go through that phase as you're trying to change your eating from doing all the things that you were prohibited from doing to feeling guilty to trying to repent and fix it and so this is uh, this takes time to start learning how to modify that's another word modify and make adjustments so I'll share with you personally. Um, I enjoy occasionally Oreo cookies. I enjoy occasionally a root beer float. I enjoy occasionally um, the uh, ramen noodles in a cup. I enjoy occasionally some of the cereal um, like Raisin Bran, because I grew up on Raisin Bran. Um, the fruity cereals are not really my thing. Um, but if it were your thing, guess what? You can do it in modesty. And I know you've heard a lot of teaching. That's why I am committed now to sharing um, information and doing these episodes on debunking a lot of the thoughts, helping you make the turn for those of you who are interested in living a sustainable, healthy, and wealthy life in a body that you can feel good in and be proud of, but just changing the system changing the methods and changing the mindset changing the system let me put that on the screen change the system i don't have my glasses on so excuse any typos change the mindset and what was the last thing and i'm, I'm gonna add behavior that's important Change your system, change your mindset, change your behavior. Takes time, takes time, takes time. Um, let's see, did I add everything that I wanted to? Yeah. <clears throat> One of the things that I didn't realize um, that I had gone into an unhealthy habit and behavior was not feel as I started this transition and letting my body have a little bit more fat on it, um, letting my body soften a little bit, which had started to happen as I started entering into premenopause, uh, perimenopause. That was happening regardless. Um, and um, I started finding myself, here's, here's something, shameful of the cellulite, which is natural, which is just fat trapped under the skin and also hereditary. So even at my fittest, I still had a certain percentage or a certain... Um, look of cellulite on my thighs it was it was less visible my my skin was a lot firmer i had more muscle mass more muscle tissue but i still had a little cellulite got more now um the body has softened and um 
just really learning how to let my body live within itself naturally for a little bit. Because listen, I've done this strictly for so many years. So I, this is me because I've got the background that I have, okay? I enjoyed having a little bit of a muffin top. Hadn't had permission to have one. Didn't have space to have one. I know y'all think that sounds crazy, but I was, I let myself have a little bulge for a while and then said, okay, let's clean this up a little bit. But my cleanup is different now. There's a lot of grace. There's a lot of patience. There's a lot of time. I work out different. I do not overexert my workout, particularly once your hormones start to shift. And if you've listened to my material or watched it, you know what that looks like and you know why. I'm giving you that responsibility to go and check it out. And I'll do more on those as well. <clears throat> so my, te my techniques, my systems, my mindset, my behavior, and my share, my sharing has changed. That's pretty much my story, as well as what I'm doing now. Um, and I'll share that in a separate episode because y'all know me. I'm always mindful of how long these things go. Um, it is my desire that that helps you to understand you're not crazy that you're not lazy and that it's not about what you can and cannot accomplish. And I know you like to follow who you follow. That's fine. I know you want what you want and that's understandable. What you want to make sure that you're doing is going about it in a way that allows you to sustain it, that does not produce shame and does not produce addiction. That you can be honest with yourself at the end of the day. And I've seen trainers, particularly female trainers, this, I'm gonna wrap it up, who I, I see are changing. Their bodies are changing. They're getting older. I see that metabolic health is being challenged. I see that hormones are shifting. And I, um, I discern it and I see it because I've been doing this for a long time. My heart goes out to them. But it's hard to connect because as trainers, we have a lot of pride. We know what we know. You can't tell us different. You can't teach us or, you know, it's just a lot of pride. So I pray for a lot of people that I see, especially when others are following them um, because they're not going to connect and hear you share anything different. It would, it would mess with the mind too much as well as the message. So if you've ever found anybody that have, that have gone off the trail from the message that they taught for so long that it became their brand, there's a lot of shame with it. Anybody who ceases from being a vegan or um, being a vegetarian, these are just examples. I'm not judging anybody. Anybody who leaves the bodybuilding world and completely takes on something different, listen to the things that they share. Listen to the things that they talk about. Very similar to my journey. Very similar to this story that I'm sharing with you. I'm happy. I'm content. I love my body. I appreciate her for everything that she's carried me through. Everything that she's been through. What I love to have some of those muscles that I used to have, of course. And it is still my goal even now as I rebuild a 47-year-old body. Not even rebuild. As I build a 47-year-old body, what that looks like for me, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And that's what I'll leave with you. And at the end of the day, you have to learn how to accept her. 
fellas, you have to learn how to accept him. And then your journey will be well. It'll be whole. You can breathe. You will be more forgiving of yourself. And you will find a lot of flexibility to get what you want and to be the man or woman that you desire. Hey, this has been your well woman, Lashana Practitioner Moore, a.k.a. Lashana Shan of Holistically Speaking, this podcast episode. I thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. And as always, remember, be well, be whole. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.